0: Capital Insider sponsored by the Oklahoma State Medical Association. Physicians dedicated to providing and increasing access to health care for all Oklahomans. More on the vision and mission of OSMA at okmed.org.
1: This is Capital Insider, taking you inside politics, policy, government, and elections in Oklahoma. I'm Dick Pryor with Quorum Call publisher, Sean Ashley. Our guest is Dr. Allison Shortle, Associate Professor of Political Science at the University of Oklahoma. She is co-author of the book, The Everyday Crusade, Christian Nationalism in American Politics. Dr. Shortle, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me. This year's election cycle further solidified the
2: Republican Party's hold over Oklahoma. Republicans won all statewide offices, held all seats in the U.S. Senate and U.S. House of Representatives, and expanded their huge majority in the Oklahoma Senate and lost only one seat in the Oklahoma House. Bottom line, Republicans again did very, very well. You did exit polling on election night. What did you learn from Oklahoma voters last Tuesday?
0: Well, polling in Oklahoma City was really informative. Uh, My students were out serving as the official enumerators of the Oklahoma City exit poll in eight separate precincts. And we got to listen to a lot of voters as they were coming out of the polls. And the issues that they kept saying time and again that they cared about were classic issues that had nothing to do with partisanship. They were municipal issues. As such, the biggest issue that we kept hearing about was homelessness. And this was from voters who were both Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent, It really didn't matter. They do not think that officials are doing enough about these types of issues. And they would like to see more of an effort both in the local government as well as the state government to provide resources to solve these types of issues of homelessness and affordable housing. I also heard a lot of voters talk about education as well as healthcare. Uh, And of course, every once in a while, we would hear about the economy. a classic issue to Oklahoma voters, as well as American voters everywhere. Uh, That being said, I heard a lot of enthusiasm from the voters. Uh, My students were just so excited to see how excited Oklahoma voters were at being heard in this election.
1: That's interesting. The total number of votes cast was lower than four years ago. 50.3% of voters turned out this year compared to 56.15 in 2018. Do you see any reason for that?
0: Well, I think we should ease up a little bit on our expectations of turnout, uh, especially in the post-pandemic era, especially in a state where we would expect Republicans to predominate. Uh, This isn't classic. 2018 was a record high turnout. So we shouldn't use that as what it should be. And I, of course, as a political scientist, I want everybody to come out and vote. That would be wonderful for democracy, for everybody to be heard. But the fact of the matter is 50% is still good turnout compared to the historical turnout levels in midterm elections, especially in the state of Oklahoma.
2: Governor Stitt's 13.67 percentage point margin of victory over Superintendent of Public Instruction Joy Hoffmeister was 1.5 percentage points higher than his 12.1 percentage point victory over former Attorney General Drew Edmondson in 2018. Did anything you heard in the exit polling help to explain that difference?
0: Yes, in fact, I will challenge everybody to look at those margins of victory for our Republicans, especially looking at the same voter base that uh, they are vying for. So if you look at Lankford, right uh if you look at even the lieutenant governor Pannell, who is going up for election you look at mullen these are republicans who all won with 30 plus point margins stit differs right we're only seeing half of that not even uh so what explains that i will just tell you to take this with a grain of salt because these are the digital responses we still have half of the data to input here Uh, But what I am seeing in the data that we collected on Election Day from the online sources is that people tended to care quite a deal about the Five Tribes endorsement of Joy Hoffmeister. And in particular, if you look at the Lankford voters, you would expect Republican voters to both vote for Lankford, for instance, and also vote for Governor Stitt. Uh, That wasn't a one-to-one. In fact, Lankford voters tended to split their vote for Joy and Kevin Stitt. Once we unpack those voters who were Langford voters who did not vote for Stitt, we start seeing that the issue that really differed for those voters was the Five Tribes endorsement. They, interestingly enough, weren't necessarily citizens of tribes who were having these attitudes, but. Oklahomans overall and Republicans of all races sort of combined had this view of if they did pay attention to that endorsement, if it mattered to them, then they were less likely to vote for Kevin Stitt. And it's true, it's a majority victory, but compared to these other races, uh, it is not quite the resounding victory that we'd expect, given how well these other candidates have done.
1: As far as Joy Hoffmeister, she was reelected state superintendent in 2018 with 687,000 votes. This time running for governor as a Democrat with those endorsements and that support, as you mentioned, Hofmeister received 481,000 votes. That's a drop of 206,000 votes from four years ago. Is that mostly just because she had a D rather than an R after her name or something else?
0: The short answer is yes, <laughs> we are uh, a very Republican state, and uh, not only are there dynamics of there's a Democrat involved, but we have to think through the dynamics of a Republican who then sheds that label and then adopts a Democratic label. Some in-group members, some Republicans might think that that's sort of you know a traitor, right? This is someone who is part of their team or was part of their team and has chosen to go over to the other side. So. We're not entirely sure that this is what's happening, uh, but we do know that it's very uncommon for Republicans to vote for Democrats and Democrats to vote for Republicans. Now, Joy was able to get some Republican support, but it was minor uh, compared to obviously the support that Republicans were willing to give to other Republicans who were Republican in label as well.
2: In 2006, Democrat Brad Henry was reelected governor with 66.5% of the vote. Since then, the Democratic nominee for governor has received 39.55%, 42.23%, 41%. And this year, as we've been talking about, Superintendent Hoffmeister received 41.78% of the vote. It looks like the 41 to 42% is the cap on what a Democrat can expect while Oklahoma Republicans have averaged in the 50% range, what happened to so dramatically flip the script?
0: I will again start with a short answer. I think Jim Inhofe is a masterful strategist uh, who essentially orchestrated the Republican takeover of the state. Uh, I think also what is important to note is that you know, it's not one person, but one person can make a difference. And that was, in in my opinion, Jim Hoff's like uh, massive efforts to make sure that the right people were running, that he was recruiting people into the offices um, and that he was also making sure that the Democrats uh, who were retiring were going to go uh, in these new open races, were going to face stiff challengers from the Republicans that he recruited into those spots. So I think largely it's been a massive coordinated effort on the part of the state Republican party. Also, we have to just look at where we are in terms of the public opinion and what values Oklahomans share, right? A lot of those values are religious values. They're moral traditionalist values. And as such, with the polarization nationally speaking, we have seen the turn of religious conservatives into the Republican Party solidifying in that base, whereas you're seeing much more seculars uh, and maybe non-Christians or or non-Protestants into the Democratic base. So some of it's also following along the lines of this cultural distinction between Republicans and, and Democrats and the polarization trends that we're seeing nationally are also happening in Oklahoma to a degree, which has made the state even redder, essentially.
1: Along those lines, Oklahoma is a prime example of the national electorate. Democrats do well in urban and some suburban areas, and Republicans dominate rural areas. It's like rural and urban voters live in two different worlds. In broad strokes, what is behind that?
0: Well, there's a lot of things at play when we talk about urban versus rural. It's certainly the case that most urban voters, people who live living in Oklahoma, Tulsa, uh, and Cleveland counties, they tend to care more about things like healthcare, education, social issues. Uh, Rural voters also care about those issues, but they put their traditional values ahead of those types of issues, right? So it's not necessarily that Oklahomans have different things they care about. Most Oklahomans care about all of these things. And, And in fact, plenty of Oklahomans in urban centers have the same types of religious traditionalist values, they just tend to apply different values to their vote choice Uh, and partly that's just because of not only the social environment, uh, the fact that many people in cities require different services that maybe aren't available in rural Oklahoma, uh, but a litany of reasons. Now, I do want to caution against making too much of this distinction, though, because on any given issue, we've seen rural voters and urban voters, uh, they look sort of similar uh, in terms of where that split is. So we often want to make this distinction that, oh, rural voters were the ones right, who were responsible for this. That's not very that's not entirely true. When we look at how Joy Hoffmeister did in this election, for instance, uh, she could have done better in these urban centers, right? She did not, right? Why is that? Well, there's some of those same values at play in those urban centers. By that same token, there are plenty of rural voters that share these more liberal values, more progressive values as well. Uh, So I just want to caution against making this into rural versus urban because while that is true in this election, rural voters really showed up for those Republican candidates, there were plenty of people in the urban centers that showed up for those Republican candidates too, and vice versa.
2: As you look at the early information you receive from the exit polling, do you see any lessons that pollsters, and for that matter, the news media, would do well to take away from this year's elections?
0: I sure do, Sean. I think going back to this idea of why do we get the polls wrong sometimes? Why are these predictions off? In the lead up to the election, Oklahoma received national attention because the race between Joy Hoffmeister and Kevin Stitt looked incredibly close uh, to some. And then other polls thought it looked very far apart with Kevin Stitt having a wide lead. Uh, We didn't know what to make of that. Neither did the national news media. Thus, Oklahoma became a point of serious attention. What ended up happening, of course, is that Kevin Stitt won this election pretty safely, And the reason for this huge difference in the polling uh, has to do with who takes surveys and also how we as pollsters communicate with the communities around us, right? A big problem with our polling infrastructure right now is that we need to meet rural voters where they are. I don't think many rural voters are responding to these surveys that are contracted out to national polls, because what we really want to have are polls that are not exploitative, polls where we're using them to help the communities around us. And then once we can prove to the Oklahoma citizens that we are here for them, then we can start asking those questions and doing so on their own terms, right? In their own communities, we are visiting them and we're not just using them and their opinions to make some sort of point for ourselves. I do have a lot of respect for the rural voters in Oklahoma. I think they deserve to have their attitude shared. They deserve to be heard. Uh, And when we are able to get those voices and really enter into those communities in a respectful way so we can have these honest opinions and have more honest dialogue among all voters, until we do that, we aren't going to see truly great polling. We do our best job in Oklahoma (laughs) that we possibly can. Uh, But I do think it takes, you know, leaving our urban cores, going to rural Oklahoma and having real conversations with real Oklahomans.
1: Something to think about as we head toward 2024. Dr. Allison Shortle, Associate Professor of Political Science at the University of Oklahoma. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Dr. Shortle is co-author of the new book, the Everyday Crusade, Christian Nationalism in American Politics. And that's Capital Insider. If you have questions, email them to news at kgou.org or contact us on Twitter at kgounews and at Quorum Call Sean. Until next time, with Sean Ashley, I'm Dick Pryor.